Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Generic Video Game Podcast, the podcast that's more fun than a Disney afternoon with a rewind button or face apping hours on end. Your ears are once again joined by myself, Anthony, alongside my one and only co host, who loves bacon in her nacho supreme and is an overnight Sims 3 savant. It's Vita Princess Molly. Welcome to episode 3C3C1D1194409 27. I actually know what that means. I was like, like the first three digits, like I didn't know where you're going with that. And then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So, okay, so 10, 10 days ago, I installed Sims 3. 10, 10 days ago. And I'm already at 60 hours of play time in that stupid thing. <laughs> and, like, you have to understand the people who are listening to this. Like, I will do that kind of thing because I have to for games like I'm playing for work. But it's been so long because I've just, like, sat down and crammed on a game that much for, like, personal reasons. But it's, it's – and it's, like, sick, too, because <laughs> um, – so I, I got I got, like – I got the game last September through a Steam sale, and I bought the core game, and then I bought <clears throat> the Generation Seasons and Pets uh, expansions. Because it was like with those, and the core game was like twenty bucks total. I'm like, okay, I'll spend twenty bucks to finally try Sims Three. Uh, but I didn't get a computer that could actually run it until about a month, month, month and a half ago or so. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So I finally. That's so. Got my computer, and I had actually – I had reinstalled World of Warcraft because I was going to go back and try that. And then I just realized I couldn't get back into it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I used to love that game and played it for crazy amount of hours, but I just couldn't get back into it. So I deleted that, and I'm like, you know, like, I got The Sims 3. Let's actually try and see. And it was, it was weird because um, I bought it through Steam – and Steam only has it for PC. But the game is on a Mac on Origin, like e- wow. EA's like service thing. Right. But like Origin, you know, has like standard prices, whereas as Steam had, had that big sale. But then I found out that if you bought the games on Steam and have those codes, you can put them into Origin and you can get the Mac version that way. But then I realized that <clears throat> the the Steam client on Mac won't show you the CD keys. Hmm. So I had to go this roundabout way of like I had to log into Windows to get the CD keys and then put them into Origin. So I finally got the game and said 10 days <clears throat> ago on a Friday night, I had installed, I started playing it. And, and then since then, I've already bought like two more of the expansions and I've played it for like 60 hours. Wow. And it is shameful. So obviously, uh, so you kind of answered one of my questions in that uh, the new power of the new computer is kind of what got you to take a look at this again because you weren't able to enjoy it. And with that being said, have you always been a longtime Sims fan or just kind of one of those things that ignites in you? And I, um, I mean, I was really back. I, I was really into like the Sims games back in the day. Like I really liked Sim City, and then Sim Earth, and then. I don't want to say I liked Sim Ant, but I, I owned and played Sim Ant. Uh, you know, back before Sims got to be the super, super huge thing it is now. But I hadn't played The Sims, but I had always been curious about it. Mm. And it was always one of those things where I, I kind of kept wishing that we'd get console versions. But then The Sims is really one of those things where 
it's not nearly as fun if you don't have the mods and all the extra content people are making and things like that. You know, it's kind of like a a second life or whatever else where just owning the base game, like you're only scratching the surface of what it is. Right. And I, you know, and I know Sims 4 obviously is a big one out now, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure what kind of new computer I'd have. So I wasn't sure if I could run Sims 4. So that's why I, I went with Sims 3 and said, plus Sims 3 was cheaper. So that's why I bought that in hopes I'd be able to play it at some point. That shows my ignorance, and I think from looking up recently, Sims 3, I think it was a 2009 release, going off memory, but I was going to ask if there was Sims 4, but it, uh, I guess there is. Yeah, at this point, like, Sims 3 is actually pretty old, and I think, I think Sims 4 was 2014 or 15. Oh, that's not that old. Like, I remember being at one of the E3s where they were showing me kind of pre-release the game. Wow. And I know it's wow. got, it had a few expansions. It's not, it's not, part of the thing, too, is, like, it's not nearly up to the same point that sims 3 is at this at this moment because they kind of like keep starting from scratch right you know and then reintroducing things like sims 4 doesn't have any of the pet stuff in it for example or or this or Mm -hmm. that whereas sims 3 has like all these different expansions you can get into if you want to right yeah i don't know like it's, it's like a really interesting but the problem is the problem is it's one of those games where um as much as you like it, you also hate it because of the limitations of the game. And I don't, I don't know. If this is the exact. I, I mean, like if you think like like GTA, right? You play a GTA game and kind of just all the freedom that it has, or whatever. But then you start running into the the limits of, of that freedom, like what you can and can't do, or how mm-hmm. characters act. You know, like I remember when GTA three came out and that was just a groundbreaking thing and you'd just play that for hours just causing chaos and not really care about the storyline or anything. <laughs> you know, but you'd always run into the problem of like, okay, so I wanna I want and this might sound like sadistic, but you're like, Okay, I wanna I wanna play the rule of like the just, you know, I go into a like mall and like start shooting it up or whatever like that, you know, because like, you get like into that that kind of evil right, mentality. Right. But then, you know, you go try to do something and then the people don't react the right way or, you know, the the outcome just feels too gamey for you or things like that. Like, that's a big problem I'm having with Sims 3 is that there's too many times <clears throat> where the kind of role-playing that you want to do with it or the storytelling you want to do with it just breaks instantly because the game's being a game in- instead of kind of like a story creation system if that makes sense it's one of those weird things where a game like the sims does give you a lot of freedom and a lot of things that other titles may not but at the same time it's not like it's lim- limitless or right full 100 percent freedom like uh, i don't know if this is a poor analogy but like you know take like a shenmue or something like that it's it's certainly amazing and it was a marvel at its time but at the same time you know there were still uh many limitations to it that's what I, that's know, actually what time. i was going to mention first for gta was i thought of shenmue kind of and that wasn't quite my my idea but yeah exactly like you, you i remember buying shenmue and being like oh my god you can do like anything in this game you know you can like get get capsule toys and you could buy drinks and right. you can play in the arcade and stuff like that but then you you realize that like the world is whatever those specific little moments that are created for you and do you mind, I'm going to say a couple random things super fast on Shenmue only because it's fresh on my mind. 
So two things. One, there's a YouTuber I watch, and he's got maybe 15,000 subscribers. His name is Tikyo Sam, and he's been doing vlogs and stuff out of Japan for about a decade now. I can't believe how long I've been watching him, and he's certainly not everyone's cup of tea. He's humorous and kind of um, you know speaks his mind and nothing holds him back. He can have a crude sense of humor. Nonetheless, one of his play sessions as of the last couple months, he's been going to, through the entirety of Shenmue 2, and I personally did complete Shenmue 2 back in its day around whenever it was, 2001 or 2002, and um, two things I wanted to say about that now that I'm looking at it again. You know, the texture maps and quality, obviously, with the character models, while they are dated and certainly don't have the level of detail that we have in 2017, you know, they still... It's still not bad, and I don't know if that's just a testament to, you know, technology certainly hasn't hit a wall in a sense of we've, we certainly keep making strides and more realism and higher resolution. But, you know, when you look at Shenmue, I think the, the point still gets across. You know, it hasn't aged as crudely as like maybe, say, Atari games up and then comparing it to like the SNES or 32-bit era, for example. And then lastly, the other... Um, oddball point I want to make is when you look at some of the dates in Shenmue because the game took place in the in the 80s and I think in Shenmue 2 specifically like a lot of the stuff is supposed to be 1987 and this is the way my mind works so I remember at the time when Shenmue came out and it was discussing how it was trying to recreate you know like certain aspects of Japanese life from the 80s and that game came out uh, right at the tail end of 99 the original and it was like god like they're going back to the 80s, and it's kind of like so old, and that era, it's an era gone by. But if you look at the dates between 87 and, let's say, 2000 when that game came out, that was about a 13-year gap in time mm-hmm. between the, you know. And now, since the release of Shenmue to where we are in life in 2017, <laughs> that's like when I looked at those dates. Because I remember when Shenmue came out, I'm like, wow, that's like, that's like ancient history. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now the amount of time that's passed since... Shenmue to where we are in 2017 in life is longer than the period it tried to recreate a little over a decade later in the late 90s. So that's just to me it's amazing. Now that now the 80s instead of, you know, instead of being a little over a decade old, it's now 87 is now 30 years ago. And uh, obviously it goes without saying we have Shenmue 3 which is originally slated the Kickstarter project which I did back was supposed to come out this holiday, but I I'm I'm sure that's going to get bumped. Yeah, I I mean, like, it's it's interesting because, you know, you take, like, kind of these really big Kickstarters that have happened, and, you know, my number nine was a gigantic mess. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still have total faith in Bloodstained. Like, I'm not worried about that at all yet. Like, I've seen nothing about Bloodstained so far that makes me worried. Um, but I I do worry about Shenmue. Like, I, fe- I feel like if there's a game that could just fail spectacularly... Like, it would be that. You know, like, my number nine was was a huge failure, but it wasn't just the... Uh, I don't know, like, it was just a different level. Like, it was still a Mega Man game, right? Like, people really wanted that kind of new Mega Man, but it wasn't the kind of pressure and the hopes and the dreams and just the massive scale project that Shenmue 3 is. 
Well, I need to make it clear. I know screenshots aren't everything, but by any means, and you know, we certainly don't have a finished product, and I don't recall really seeing any footage per se. But because I have back the Kickstarter, I do get those Kickstarter project updates. They just did one this past week, but as soon as those go up, I see them go up on all the gaming sites as well. But uh, you know, from what I saw of the still photos for the Shenmue, Shenmue Three, it looks the part. Yeah, you know what I mean. V- visually, yes. It, I, I guess my my it looks the part. My concern is if this were coming out like three years after Shenmue Two, that'd be one thing. But um, like kind of open world, these kind of games have changed so much well, in all that span of years that like think about how much like think about even just like the recent Yakuza game, right? And like yeah. how much is in that. How many little pieces all over the place have been embedded into that world to make the game that people are expecting? So, like, I, I feel like, are is this going to be a Shenmue three in terms of the same level of expectation that we had back when Shenmue two came out, or is this really going to be a Shenmue three for this current generation? I'm going to speak for myself, and I hope fans aren't disappointed with me and my expectations. If we get a title that's on par or, you know, with some enhancements realistically and some tweaks on top of, like, say, Shenmue 2 and it looks the part and feels like Shenmue and it's not janky, I'd be satisfied. I don't need – I'm speaking for myself once again. I don't need a GTA 5 and I don't even need something on the level of, say, Yakuza. But if it does a truly good job of conveying more of or completing the story – and it doesn't have like a lot of frame rate issues and it you know and it looks as you know pretty as the photos are but you still get at the very least the same amount of substance you got in Shenmue you know let's say 2 with maybe a little more oomph i would say i would be pleased with the 60 dollars i spent on it or whatever yeah i guess i just like i worry because just yakuza really felt like it was the Shenmue replacement it, it uh, Yeah, and I do like – I've gone on record. I do really like the Yakuza sh- series, and I've only been a little hard on it in terms of the amount of – the sheer amount of releases. But as it stands, Yakuza is excellent. Um, but, you know, but Yakuza is still not Shenmue. But I know what you mean. It's it's kind of taken that baton and molded it into more of what it – you know, within the Yakuza world. But it's to, it's still not Shenmue. No, but I I, I I worry that that's what the expectation is at this point, and and I don't blame mm. people for having that because I just I just think mm. like I don't know like I think I'm the opposite side from you that I think if it's just kind of Shenmue three as we might expect like that might not be enough. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> unless I mean not- unless it's a really really good, well paced well put together story where it's not the kind of open world thing but it's a more linear experience I mean and, and I say open world I don't mean open open world I mean like you know Shenmue level open world like if it's a more linear experience and it's a really a narrative heavy kind of thing and it goes more that direction than the we're trying to be you know Yakuza or Sleeping Dogs or Saints Row or GTA or any of those kind of things right like I think that would be more successful but I don't I don't know hmm well, it'll be interesting to see what they say is the release date and whatnot. At the time, it said December 2017 tentatively, and now we are, as we record, we are into May. So that is a mere seven months out, and for a title of that, quote, magnitude, 
Yeah, there's no way. You know, there's no yeah, way. I... <laughs> I mean, like Bloodstained got like a massive delay. Yeah, you know? like there's no way a project mm-hmm. that big. Like I, I don't think has there been any Kickstarter that hasn't delayed itself. You know. Right. There's yeah, especially in the video game realm. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But. Um... <laughs> With that being said, as we hear Okami in the background, yes, um, I've got a bunch of tidbits here on episode 27 of the Generic Video Game Podcast. want to welcome our listeners back and thank you for visiting radio.morningproject.com and hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. If possible, please leave us reviews. Five stars is always welcomed. We're like, we're like Uber. If you go saying lower than five stars, we get fired. So it has to be five. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we love any any and all feedback, and thank you for listening this far into the game. Uh, with that being said, for episode 27, I've got a little bit of everything. I have a little article I may read later in the show. Uh, my source on that being Kotaku. I haven't even read it yet. I saved it for the show. It's the making of Samurai Showdown. Oh, uh, I'll give proper sourcing to that once I get to that. Um, I guess we'll start off kind of just picking up kind of with... Uh, Something mentioned on episode 26. Uh, I am at 25 hours into Persona 5. Yes. Now, that means a lot of things, that 25 hours. That 25 hours means I'm 25 hours in. But then that means means you've got got probably like the first chapter of this game. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the tutorial is now finished so you can get to the real thing. Yeah, well... You, you took the words out of my mouth, and it wasn't really going to be a knock, but th- that's really not being sarcastic. That is the truth. So, uh, you know, I am I gave high praise to Zelda for how it handled itself and throwing you into that world without holding your hand. Now, Persona 5, with the joke we just made of the tutorial just being finished, it's actually kind of just true. But it's not like it's a solid 25 hours of tutorial boxes to make that clear no no, no. before you go and remind me have yeah. have you played the previous personas yeah not to the extent that you have but yes i just asked because i have a, i have a friend who's playing persona 5 and this is his first persona or shimigami tensei ever so it's been very very interesting trying to like explain to him certain elements of that game there's uh, there's a gamer I know who's n- not really into JRPGs and hasn't played Persona either, but she is liking Persona 5, and she's about nine hours in, and she's feeling that this may be the JRPG that she sticks with. So there's some positive feedback there. Um, you are correct, though, without giving anything away. I'm really only on the second or third main, we'll call it, area within the game, and that's being 25 hours in. I don't want to be repetitive and just echo what everyone else has said. You know, everything from the aesthetics to the art direction, the art direction making up for any, you know, you don't look at the game and think, I wish this was pushing more polygons or they could have done this and that here and there. Um, the, the Aesthetically, it's, it's beautiful. Everything is stylized. Uh, everyone, I'm sure, has already read that 100 times over. Um, I am enjoying it. There are there have been a handful of moments where I have progressed and been very 
very lucky because some battles or certain things that you encounter are left to chance whether you get hit by certain devastating effects or not uh, and luck has been on my side more often than not I don't think I died for the first time until I was 13 hours in hmm. but that could have very easily been a much different story so I am enjoying that it is a time suck I did a lot of that time in like a four or five day pseudo marathon for me including work so getting 25 hours in into a long weekend is is a miracle for me so I wanted to touch base on that a little bit this episode I plan to maybe talk a little bit about it more again in the future I haven't forgotten about Zelda I've been dinking around Zelda that's my own fault I haven't been making a lot of progress Uh, someone I know has actually recently completed Zelda. And when I say completed Zelda, with the exception of the 900 Kokoro seeds, they have truly completed Zelda. So that's quite a marvel. I was talking to that person in private about it recently. And, um, yeah, so I wanted to get that out there. I don't know if you want to add anything else to Persona 5. You can, uh, as we all know, you can read Molly's wonderful review at egmnow.com, which went up a couple weeks ago. Is there anything you wanted to tell fans about Persona 5 that you may not have already? Yeah, no, it's just like, it's funny because I like, you know, talked to my friend because um, he got to the Velvet Room and the kind of demon fusion and that just baffled him. And so it's it's interesting. You know, it's it's kind of funny in a, in a weird way. Thinking back to um, when I was in Japan, I did a little bit of English teaching. And when you get to the point where people are like, you know, why is this this way in English? Or why is this that way? And you don't know how to explain it just because that, that is what it is to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you've never thought about, like that. That's weird, you know. So it's, it's, it's funny because to me, Demon Fusion is just like second nature at this point. So I don't even think about it. <laughs> but to have this friend be like, wait, do I, do I keep the first one I got? Like, I don't want to get rid of him. I'm like, no, just get rid of him. Just don't even think about it, you know. And it's like, well, which, which one do I keep and what do I do? And what, you know, and, and he, it, he was like just stumped. And I think, and also too, it's like, well, then what do I do every day? Like, where do I go and stuff? And, and you know, they have tried to put some things in the game to help you in that way. And I do think Persona 5 is easier than like the last two have been in, in terms of friendliness. <laughs> but it is still funny to go in and really try to think about the game from a newbie's eyes and, and ask yourself like, where would they get stuck? Like what, what parts would not make sense that make sense to me just because I've been here so many times. I mean, it's almost like saying, you know, if you've played Street Fighter for the last 20 years, you know what quarter circle motions are, super right. desperation moves are, but someone right. coming in fresh is like, what the hell does this mean? Right. Something that just hit me on Persona 5 before we move on from that topic that I did want to pose to you. Okay. Now, we need to make clear, I'm 25 hours in and we just got done with the tutorial, <laughs> which is the worst sales pitch for that title of all time. Okay, but, so... But, but to be fair, to be fair, before you go on... Um, Persona 5 is much better than the last two games in terms of getting you into the game very quickly. Because, like, like, Persona 3, I think it was, was, like, five hours of intro before you got to, like, anything, like a fight or whatever, I think it was. <laughs> and, and Persona 4 was, was similarly bad. So Persona, Persona 5 is actually really, really good about at least getting you into the game quickly and getting you doing right. stuff. Now... As many people have said, including yourself, 
the game on average will take someone in the ballpark of 100 plus hours. Let's say 100 hours flat to make it even. So that is quite an extensive game with lots to do. And that's not, you know, even being able to do everything within the game on that first run. Okay. So with what I'm about to say is not a complaint for me that I wish the game was longer or had more in depth. So don't take this the wrong way. But I want to ask, do you think in a future iteration of Persona, they will give, they will make it so the player, because each day is like you've got morning, afternoon, after school, evening, right? Right. And then on some days, you'll be morning and then it bumps you to after school or shoots you to evening. Or Do you think they'll ever give the, the player the pseudo freedom to maybe play each respective portion of every day and or bypass certain portions of the day if one wants but not fast forward you through to certain spots that does that make sense like yeah because when i did you have you ever thought of that well i mean it's it's really funny that this comes up as part of today's podcast because that like makes me think of the sims 3 because it's Sims 3, like, there is this, this giant question of how much control do you give over to players, you know? And, like, and there was literally a mod I had to install because typically, like, for school, your character just goes to school and they go into the kind of this, the, they call rabbit hole. You know, they go into this school building and you don't ever see what's happening or anything until the, the, the character comes back out and it's controllable again. Um, so there is a kind of question of like, yeah, how much control do you give players versus how much do you take away? And even just like in in The Sims, like seeing how much work has to go into having every day have something happening. So I think the problem is just it's a gigantic undertaking. And I, I don't expect us unless they unless they condense it down. Like if you look at like a, a you know, Catherine, what they did with that game, like that was kind of still not even like controlling your your daily basis you know your 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 daily you know life and everything and but on a smaller scale maybe you had a little bit more control like every night not even that though i guess thinking back um but no like i think i think they would just have to because you know if you think about it like if they aren't making all of these brand new scenes hap- that are going to happen then being in school is literally just you watching your character at a desk for a while but- you know, and, and then like, what do you do with that? Do you do you do like interactions, so that you have to do something, like manually in order to, to have your your character like studying and paying attention and stuff. And then if you do that, then at what point does that become like menial work versus just playing like an RPG? Well, I mean, I was thinking, okay. I was thinking you could utilize that for just other events around town. And I understand what you're saying, like triggering certain events that lead from point A to point B. But I think I was also thinking for like maybe further stat building. I think that was a big reason I bring it up as well. Uh, Furthermore, and I don't think this is a big spoiler. I guess you could say spoiler, but this isn't going to give story or anything away. I have a really, really random, stupid Persona 5 question for you that just hit me. Okay. So I've rented <laughs> DVDs a couple times. Yes. And I bought the old school television, which is in my room. And I think I have the DVD player or whatever it is. 
and I've even watched the date as to when I have to return the DVD and I've done this twice and I've returned them both late and avoided the late fees because I've returned them and whatever is there ever a point in that game where you are able to even if you don't like see it like to trigger and watch the DVD on the TV or get some sort of stat build or is it like an inside joke in the game where you can rent and you're always going to return it late and never be able to see it no, no, no. All, it's okay. It's it's not. It's not the clearest thing in the world. But what you have to do is you have to use your use your television twice in a row. Because the first time you look at your television, it's going to show you whatever's not on TV on that day. And then the second time you do it, it'll ask you if you want to watch the DVD or play a video game or whatever. Really? Yes. How did I miss that? Because they they don't they trust me. Like I missed it for a while too. Like they don't make it clear. Uh, well, also, it's funny how it works out because I saw a lot of people on message boards and stuff, and I didn't encounter this, and I didn't like click for detail. Like a lot of people were like, "Well, how do you make coffee in this and that?" And unless I, unless I'm not understanding it correctly, I did coffee right off the bat. Like I was like, I don't know how people miss this, but I haven't. I hadn't. I hadn't figured out how to use the damn DVD. I mean, I'll, this is a very very light spoiler, but I'll give you another example. Is that like um, there's a certain point where uh, one of the characters in the game will offer to do your laundry for you? if you want them to but your your kind of thinking going into it is when you first go to the washing machine which i don't even know if you've used that or not yet i have and i have used it and i've used it to clean off uh, some items right. i found so yeah. so i would think personally i always thought that if it's going to say okay you're going to let somebody else do your laundry for you that that would be the first option that comes up mm-hmm. is like do your laundry or call this person to help you do it but it's not it's not until the very end so you feel like you're doing it wrong because you're going through all the steps of doing the laundry yourself. So there's there's some little things like that in the game that they don't do a good job of, of out and out telling you about. So you have to kind of just discover them on your own. I keep saying I have one more question. I had This is not predetermined, so <laughs> it's turning into a big persona conversation. I got This is the last one, I promise. So some of my stats have gone up in points. Like I'm not talking about leveling up the character. I'm talking about like, um, you know, kindness right. and all that other stuff. When the hell does your knowledge point go up? <laughs> some is that another insight? No, I no, no. It's 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 perception. Is certain ones what? feel like they go up way faster <laughs> than other ones? It, it really just is like it's. Hey, and I'll, 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 I'm going to tell the truth here to everyone. I cheated on the, the uh, midterm. <laughs> I'm straight up. I, I cheated because I'm like, you know what? Now I'm to a point where like a lot of the stuff I didn't look up stuff, and most of the stuff in the game I've, I've truly figured out myself. The only stuff I've really, quote, cheated on were some of the questions. Okay, final exams. I'm like, you know what? I want to see this stat go up. I don't care. So I looked up every test question. So I know I, know I got everyone right. So two things. One... I didn't see any I didn't get to see any reaping of benefits from that. And then there was a point where the results were going to come in or whatever and the kids were looking, but I don't recall ever seeing how I officially scored on it. It so they they kind of changed it from last one cuz last one made a really big deal about your scores and uh-huh. like your actual teammates would be around watching you and they would give you like things if you got a high mm-hmm. enough score and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of toned it down in this game so they don't make as big of a deal about the scores, but they 
they will say like, oh, you didn't place in the top 10 or you placed first place or something like that. That's and, right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but no, like, yeah, it's because there were two. I think it was my was it my charm and my guts. There were two of the ones I had where it felt like it was taking forever. And and th- there reached a point where I had literally had three of the stats completely maxed out and two of the stats still needing two more rank ups to go. I know it's such a, I'm so tempted to ask you what the max on those I mean I'm going to guess. What should be 5? Oh, that's all it is. Yeah. Maybe that's why the knowledge because I've had my guts and kindness go up. I think it's at two. I don't think I've got anything at three, but I'll be damned if my knowledge still isn't at one. But you need okay. So what you need to do is pay attention to, to what the game's telling you. For, so for example, is like anytime there's a rainy day, then at night go to the diner and eat the diner. Because on rainy nights you'll study uh, and you'll get more points for studying because less people have gone to the diner on a rainy night oh so it's not as uh, and then for example like the the public bath near your near your ha- near the cafe um monday and thursday nights there's a therapeutic salt they put in the bath that gets you more charm <laughs> than normally right so there's wow. little things like that that the game tells you about that you need to pay attention to and also um yeah make sure you rent the dvds that are to whatever set you need to build up and then check the movie theaters and see what movies are playing and then mm. make sure you're going to the bookstore and buying all the books. Yeah, I keep wiping them out. Yeah, yeah. so that when you're like on the train or whatever, you can read that. Right. Um, there's a, there's a little like that. Like there's also you can study in the library at school, and depending on the day, that will get you more points if you can like concentrate and things like that. So there's there's little there's little things the game tells you about, and it, it kind of sucks that they don't do a good job of then giving you kind of a, a quick breakdown of what all those things were so you can remember but if you go into the kind of help section it does it does list them in there um but definitely like i i said i remember like one of the big things i did for knowledge was going to the uh the diner on rainy nights Mm. is is one But, but but two like the thing is is um it's tough because you don't need to be pushing those stats as quickly as i think you feel like you do but at the same time, if you don't, then there's going to be characters where you hit a certain point and you can't go further with them because mm. you don't have your, your thing maxed out. And I'm trying to think. The doctor the doctor gives you guts. Yeah, um, but you do the uh, test. Uh, yeah. Like she'll test out stuff on I'm you. I'm trying to think of what gives you – what else gives I'm always you waiting knowledge. for her to do something inappropriate in the in the waiting room. And you can like but. you can read books at home at night <laughs> if you want to do that. And you can study too. You can study. I think at the point you're at, you should be able to study at the cafe at night. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. Because I've done a lot of the things you've mentioned, like the theater, the all that kind of stuff. But the but the only reason I really opened this can of worms was the the one thing that stood out to me is I was like, when in the hell is my knowledge going to go up? Because I answered 86 million questions. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, in answering them right the first time before you get to the test, act, it also gives you knowledge. Mm. And if you ever need to cheat, you push, like, the, the, the touchpad, I think it is, and the, the cheat option comes up. Really? Do you not know about that? 
No, I heard something weird about that when fighting enemies in the dungeon, something weird or hit and try. But I did not know about I that. Think, so I think it's a touchpad. And what it'll okay. do is like if you if you touch it like just normally, it'll tell you – what it does is it, it pulls all the players on that have played the game. So like it'll say like, okay, today 27% of people wow. went to the dungeon and 38% did this and 42% did this or whatever. Mm. But then like when you're in class answering a question – It'll show you what percent of players gave each answer. Oh, interesting. Okay. And there, not to make excuses, there's a lot to remember. So yes, it's easy to you know. Well, and and you know, a few of the questions, like if you don't know about Japan, they're really really hard. Right. You know, there's only two ways to solve this dilemma: either you come back out of strategy guide retirement and do the latest. Persona Strat Guide, or we got to get Double Jump books back. I, it really is sad that like Double Jump isn't around anymore because they did the P3 and P4 <laughs> guides, and they were really, really good. Yeah, and I'm not laughing at that. I, there was some sort of music that came into my headset, and I don't know where it came from, but uh, nonetheless, yeah, the, I you know I have the Persona Three and Four uh, Strat guides, which were, which were awesome. Do you have those as well? Yep. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, is it crazy to you that, like, I know strat guides aren't what they once were in terms of sales and all that, but aren't you a little surprised that Persona 5 didn't, like, someone didn't step forward to take it, like, advantage of that since it's, like, Atlas's, like, big release? And you, odds are, like, not to jinx it, like, it, and it did wind up getting stellar reviews, but, like, don't you think someone would have tried to capitalize on that with a game they know that was probably going to be an A? Well, and, and, and you know, if you look at those strat guides from before, like you look at like how much information is condensed in there, and I think on some level, like some games don't need it anymore because people just go to, like YouTube and you know, like how to beat X boss or whatever. Right. But like Persona, there's like all these fusion charts and and you know how to rank up during social links and test questions and all this kind of stuff so that this is the kind of game that really does deserve to have a book like that because it's, it's much much easier just to have the book sitting there like and you can flip through it while you're playing right but yeah i would say persona 5 and then the other one uh while i don't believe it would be as dense would be near automata now Oddly, I was in the Kinokunyas in my town, and unexpectedly, this is a couple weeks ago, I wasn't even looking for it. I was looking in their magazines and uh, art book section, and I believe there were two near Automata-related books in Japan, which I don't know if they're both strat guides or you combine them. You know how they do weird stuff right. over there. And I saw one of them, and it was cracked open, so I was tempted to buy it for collection purposes, and I did not do it, but I flipped through it, but... So I was like looking at that, but I'm going to, and I have no inside track on this, but I'm going to assume there's still maybe a chance we could see a near book from like future out of the UK. That's me taking a blind guess and maybe even for persona, but I am surprised we didn't see one for near either. Yeah. And I feel like near is interesting. Cause I mean, there'd be so much good artwork and just, you know, I, yep. background on the characters and the storyline. And I think, you know, interviewing, you know, Taro, he's always an inter oh, yeah, interesting person to yes. talk about, talk to. So, yeah, like, I think, like, Nier could do a really, really neat, like, fancier kind of book. Right. You know, more like a collector's book versus as just straight-up strategy guide. Right. 
But yeah, I agree. So we'll see. We'll see if it, you know. The only reason I make a weird assessment like that is because while Neo, the Tecmo, the Tecmo Koi title that came out in February, well, that's been out a couple months. I know Future is working on a hardbound book for that coming out in about a month. So I'm saying the verdict is not officially out on Near and uh, Persona. The reason I throw Near in there for them though is because they've been known to do some platinum guides in the past. But uh, yeah, speaking, outside speaking, of that, speaking of Neo, it's oh, yeah. getting a nice little DLC here soon. Oh, is it? Yeah, there. <clears throat> it's uh, so it's Dragon of the North, which I don't know the exact details on it, but it's going to have a fee- free upgrade that also gives you like female skins, for example, so you can like play as the female characters. Oh, and really? Stuff. And they're adding um, <clears throat> a new weapon. I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it's like that, you know, like the really, really long sword. Almost looks like something from like a Sword of the Berserk or something. Yeah, not like that. Yeah, not like, don't think of like super big and thick kind of cloud sword, but kind of like the really long katana. Oh, okay. I can't remember what it's called, but. So it's nice to see that, it's nice to see that game like still getting stuff because it, it was a really, really great game and it seems to have done well for them, so. Speaking of uh, unique DLC, due to this title success, we were just talking about it near. I'm assuming uh, you may be excited to see the cat costumes from Gravity Rush coming to near. Wait, what? That's not true. <laughs> no, hold on, time out. I, time out. This is as of April 26th. I'm reading this from Silicon Era. Wait, what? Gravity Rush. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's the other way around. Oh wow! I was gonna say, like, don't give me. A I had that backwards. Yeah, yeah you have it backwards. Yeah, so wow. yes, cat got. So how is that working? Cat got two B's outfit, or she she is on I think May fifth. How did that work? Well, you know, maybe the door is open for the reverse. It could happen. Like, I I would not be shocked if it did happen. But wow. Mm. Because there was always like in Gravity Rush two, there was always that one last. Um, outfit box that was empty that people were wondering about, and I think that's what that's, that's what it was for. Oh. Is the to oh. be outfit? Now this is interesting. This, yeah. Sorry, I'm looking at this other article, and it almost looked like it was the reversal of what we just said. But uh, no, they made this very confusing because the way that the way this uh, other article is headlined, it says. Watch Gravity Rush 2's cat fly around as 2B in, oh, yeah, in Near Automata collaboration video. Yep. Collaboration's the key word. Hmm. And, it, you know, it's interesting, too, because I think it was um, Sony Taiwan that has a mascot, and they put a sign up outside their offices recently with their mascot in the 2B outfit. So it's really? it's really interesting, like just like how much like near Automata Automata has kind of hit. Yeah. On that level. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just taking a look. They're showing some of the outfits, the costumes, arena. Um, you can fight Square's CEO. <laughs> like same thing, like with the Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, but Let's there's see. a disappointment because there's still a very big secret in the game that I think there's like what four of them, and I think 
this connects to one of those four and we have no promise of finding out what the other ones are so really yes hmm. so for anyone, anyone who's like played and like really gone over the latest near there's um a few things that at the end you still have no idea what they were for really yeah and they've been making people wonder and i i believe i could be wrong but i believe that this new dlc connects to one of those four things but that we don't know what the rest of them are for yet hmm. when you play near did you ever get a sense of uh um, I th- i'm repeating myself maybe i think i said this last episode i'm 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 losing track of what I've said. Like when you're out in some of the open aspects, like the outside environments, do you ever get like a like a stereotypical Asian MMORPG esque feel to it? Mm. And I don't. There's a yeah. I'm I'm really stretching things out here. There was a really obscure movie I was going to mention, directed by Memoru Oshii, that came out five, six, seven years ago, which was kind of influenced by the generalization of Asian MMORPGs, but he made it a live-action movie as, as, you know, I'm sure there's a grand total of two other people on this planet that have seen it. But anyway, when I played Nier... What, what was it? Oh, uh, uh, I, I think it was Avalon. I'm, cause I think I might have seen that. And I'm not saying, like, this takes from Avalon or... Right. It, um, that's not, I'm just making the generalization of, like, just like the ar- just the way it's... I don't know. Um, I guess like a little tiny bit, like I it, it does feel a little MMOE at times. Just in, yeah, but I think I think that's because, and I mean all love for the game. I think it's because of the cheapness of the world, actual building. Yeah, we're like yeah, we're like and I hate buildings, to, I hate to use that. I hate that word. Yeah, I know what you mean though. I can't. Yeah, we're like most buildings you can't go into them, and they're kind of just yeah. more set dressing and everything. Yes. So I I, yeah. I think on that level, I can kind of see where that connection would come in because it's like okay, we need to create all these environments, but we can't have you going into everything. So right. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, jumping around here with no rhyme or reason. Uh, another title that came out recently. I thought you were going to do the review on this, and I hadn't seen it, but Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap. I did the review for that. I don't know how I missed it. I thought I looked it up on eGymNow.com. Yep. Maybe, uh, maybe I was drunk. Maybe you were. As you are, as you are ought to do, <laughs> I've heard. I haven't heard that at all. I don't know how I missed that. I was even looking for it. But, um, well, if you don't mind me, uh, here, spoil it. Would you score it? Because uh, all I care about are the Metacritic numbers. That's a good question. Did I give it an 8.5? <laughs> okay. All right. Let me have to go look now. Dragon's Trap. And there's like something I'm kind of mixed on on this game. Um, not this game specifically, but there's a kind of connection as I wait for this to load. And I gave it a, an 8. Okay. Okay. And, I mean, the, the thing was is like it's it's – and kind of what I said in my review was – this is a case, I think so often we see where the the company resurrecting or remastering or whatever you want to call it, older games, um, the company fails the game, if you understand what I mean. Like, like they, they don't put their heart and soul into porting it. The engine they use isn't great. 
they screw. The, uh, they screw. You're not in. talking about dragons. No, 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 no. I'm thinking in general. Oh yeah. I'm in general. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have a lot of times where I think, I mean, there, there are some exceptions. Exceptions like like Blue Point are a really, really fantastic group of of game porters. They did like the Gravity Rush remaster and and, and the Last of Us remaster and things like that. Or you have mm-hmm. a company like M2 that just busts their ass to bring back these kind of retro games. But you have a lot of times where. You know, like the collections or whatever, where they're slow down or load times right. are too long or this or that. Um, Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap, I think, is the opposite. It's a case where the original game kind of fails the effort the team put in to bring it back. Like, the effort they put in is absolutely top-notch. Oh, yes. And obviously, you can't see uh, 30 years into the future... 25 years into the future uh, if I'm understanding you correctly like you're saying the game fails the effort that I mean the game the game isn't as good as the effort that was put in to bring it back sure okay I th- yeah, I think I know yeah yeah because it's it's still a surprisingly playable game but it's very but, uh, this is going to be a hard I hope I don't get flack for this like you're saying uh, not to put words in your mouth and I like if this was the original Super Mario Brothers, and this kind of work went into or Pac, like I don't want to use Pac-Man because you got Pac-Man C, but like you're saying, like if the original Mario Brothers got this kind of treatment due to like the blueprint it laid down for gaming in general, it would be deserving of it. Whereas Wonder Boy: The Dragon's Trap didn't maybe set as many trends or, uh, you know, wasn't. <clears throat> wasn't the uh, standard bearer so to speak for gaming but the work that what is it the, the people hired at dot emu to put it together like put their heart soul and more into it's it. it's a lizard keeps the actual team that that made this, yeah. this re-release yeah so i mean like yeah you go back to like you know the original Sons of hedgehog the original mario brothers um like virtual fantasy star Yes. Games like Cast of Illusion on on Genesis or like you know Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghosts and Goblins. Um, like I think there's 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 tons of games we can we can name that like if we brought them back, they would still be completely enjoyable and playable games of this this era. And mm-hmm. if they also got the same level of treatment in bringing them back, it would be like a fantastic package. I think the problem with Dragon's Trap is that. The original game in 2017 isn't nearly as enjoyable as it was back then. Right. And and, and to be again to be say it, I I was surprised by how playable it still is and how enjoyable it still is. Like I think it's it's a fantastic game to to go back and play. But I think I think if you weren't around in that era and not necessarily you had to play it back then, which I I, I did, but I think if you weren't around for that era, you might play this game now and be like, man, this is a really short game. Um, Mouse Man sections are, are terrible. Like, going back to those and playing as that character, uh, it's it's kind of confusing. It's not, it's, it's you know, a little obscure and obtuse into what you're supposed to be doing next. I think there's there's things that we can say, just this game doesn't stand up at this point as much as some other games do and even i might argue you know monster world 4 or um wonder boy monster world or things like that you know it's like maybe would those have been and i i know why they weren't chosen but 
would those have been games that would have have um, then given us a better appreciation for the work that's gone into bringing them back? Because the work that Wizard Cube put in this is amazing. Like uh, the, the the visuals are just gorgeous. Well, two things. There are some Sega and Master System junkies that I know. And I know they love the work that went into Dragon's Trap. But going back to what you said, these are people who did enjoy, like, play it at the time and yeah. grew up with it. So that's a di- that's goes to what you're saying. Like, if someone's coming in cold, you know, it's it's a different story. And if they don't have those memories, and then as for myself, I believe I played the original Wonder Boy years ago. But my first real introduction, my memory of the one that I went through a long time ago was Wonder Boy in Monster World. Right. And then because of you, I wound up picking up digitally on PS3 and 360 uh, Monster World 4, which guiltily I did not go complete. But um, um, I even picked it up like a year ago on the backwards compatibility on Xbox One. But but yeah, so but I always I played Monster World and then I got four because of you. And from what I did play of it, I could see like why you have that passion for it. Uh, also, with what Lizard Cube has done with this, I watched a uh, video of them before this came out it was on he- uh, uh, heavy metal Jesus rocks is that right oh yeah I don't uh, heavy metal Jesus I, I, know, I know who you're talking about I don't remember his exact like name yeah and um, he had them on and they were the lizard tube guys were talking about like their passion for it and how they grew up on it and had those memories and they wanted everyone else to experience it so this was really their pick they wanted people to experience it with all that being said and, and that's that. I would imagine because of how this was accepted and the work they put in, I wouldn't put a pass. Wouldn't you think that they go back and do that with Monster World 4? Well, then the problem, I, I think, and I think part of the reason why, and I mean, look, on, on one side, you'll have people who say that Dragon Trap was the better game. Cause I, know, I, know, I know there's definitely people who like Dragon Trap more than, than Wonder Boy and Monster World, for example. Um, but I 100% think the reason, not 100%, but one of the big reasons I think this was picked was because being limited in scope, they could actually complete this project. You know, like, I guess my concern is looking at, like, how much work they put into this is, mm-hmm. is like, is a bigger game like Monster World or Monster World 4 going to be too much for them to handle? Right, because it's more of a gargantuan task. Right. Mm. And I worry about that. Right. But it's, I mean, it's, like I said, I I have some complaints about the game itself, but it, at the same time, was hugely replayable at, at, the, at the stage. Like, much more than I right. thought it was going to be. So, I I think you can't not say that the game doesn't hold up as much as we wish it did, but it still holds up much better than I was expecting it to. And, I mean, you can bring back a lot of games from that era, like platformers and side-scrollers, that just would not hold up today. Right. So, and, and this looks gorgeous on this, on the switch. Cause I, 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 mean, I, I reviewed it on the PS4, but I did also try it on switch and it looks oh. so, so nice. Now you're saying that I'm assuming from the handheld perspective. I mean, just like, yeah, like having those visuals kind of shrunk down onto like the, the nice 720 mm. P screen. It looks really mm. good. Hmm. I might have to check that out. I did the PS4 version. Uh, real quick, since we're on this topic of these type of pseudo side-strolling action RPG titles, 
is this proper timing to give another plug for a game that pays homage to these titles and what I don't know if you feel it's even superior Shantae Half Genie Hero which came out this past uh, fourth quarter 2016 I need to I need to sit down and play more of that because I only got through like the first hour and a half or so okay yeah so that's one to check out Uh, beyond that did you give this an 8 because you were saving your tan for Disney Afternoon Collection oh (laughs) that's um and and I I had misunderstood that because for some reason I was thinking that was also kind of like taking the DuckTales remastered route. No, and yeah, it's not no, it it's not. like the ROMs. So I mean, it's yeah. It's, these are always tough, you know. Like it's really neat. Yeah, but I get kind of hesitant to buy it. Sure. It's same way in 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 like I really respect and not I don't know respect, but I think it's kind of cool what they did with the recent Mega Man collection. I'm just like on one hand it's like I've bought those games some of those games like oh. over and over so many times right and as much as they frustrate me with how they handle it I think Nintendo's virtual console it's kind of more the way I like it mm-hmm. like give me one centralized area where I can buy like all of these games together right like the collections I think the collections were, were great in the pre-digital era when we didn't have like eShop oh yeah yeah PSN. like with the PS2 yeah, yeah. I know you yeah yeah, yeah okay. I, but I think at this point like I I, I ask myself how much I want those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of all these classics and bringing them into the modern day, and I will tell you, in my opinion, of a game that is now three years old, technically, but has aged like a fine wine. Mario Kart 8. I mean, I'm, still, I'm hearing good things about the Switch version. It's still a beautiful-looking game. You know, I even said this back on the Wii U. It was one of those titles that visually... Here's that term again, art direction. I don't know what it is, but the art direction in that game. Like, I can't believe that game originally came out in 2014. That was the first shocker to me. And it just looks it just looks really clean. Like, it hasn't... I mean, I mean this. It hasn't aged a day. Now, am I saying this is the greatest game of all time and you need to go out and rush and get it? Well, that's not what I'm saying. Is it, you know, it's certainly a stellar title and for what it is, but I'm just speaking from a visual perspective. It has not aged a day. Like, Mario Kart 8, the art direction is so strong that if you had it running on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One in the store, there'd be no question. Mm -hmm. But... You know the deal, because we're talking about a racing game. You've got more limited scope. We're not talking about an open-world game. And due to the beauty of the art direction, you know, you could fool or mask people, like, and make it seem like that is a true modern-gen game. But that's just the mastery. That That's all 100% credit to whoever the artists or whoever the designers were behind that. Man, they, they deserve a gold star. But uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe coming out recently. I have a tidbit which i'm sure everyone has heard today um and it's first day on the market mario kart 8 deluxe sold over 459,000 copies in the u.s nintendo announced the figure accounts for combined packaged and digital sales nintendo says that mario kart 8 deluxe is now the quote fastest selling game in the long-running mario kart series mario kart we previously held the record with about 433 900 copies in 2008 during its first day, it says uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe currently has an attach rate of 45%. Nearly one in two Switch owners in the U.S. 
bought a copy of the game. It says uh, solid sales numbers for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe equate to an attach rate of 45%. Ba ba ba. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has also received more perfect review scores than any other Mario Kart game ever. With a current Metacritic score of 93, the critically acclaimed title is the highest rated game in the series in 15 years. Tying the overall review score of Mario Kart Super Circuit for Game Boy Advance. To continue this strong momentum into the summer, a series of great games will launch for the Nintendo Switch over the next few months, including Minecraft Nintendo Switch Edition on May 11th, Ultra Street Fighter 2 The Final Challengers on May 26th, ARMS on June 16th, and Splatoon 2 July 21st. I've, I've officially reached the point where I want to switch because of trying out Wonder Boy, and then also I did my Puyo Puyo Tetris review on Switch. So I've had that kind of our office unit for a little while now, and I, I've gotten to the point where I, I do want one. Uh-oh. But I can't afford one right now, so that's the problem. Oh, no. Hey, maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do that Patreon. Maybe we'll do some of those ideas. That's what I've been thinking about. Like, okay, what things do I have to sell? that I can, like, get rid of to get me a Switch. Hey, this is for fans, and I don't know how many are listening out there. I don't know if it's six people, 600, or 6,000. But seriously, in our mailbag, and we'll give the email address later or tweet us, does anyone have any interest, and I posed this in the past, does anyone have any interest in hearing me jabber on a Twitch stream, interacting, maybe sharing gaming insider memories? Does anyone have any interest in like a Patreon site where something like a combination of Twitch slash videos slash maybe even a zine with exclusive interviews if there was a nominal fee or donations attached to it is that something you guys and gals would like to see in the future out of the generic video game podcast and morning project I'm very serious if if and I don't want to make it all about the money like we'll never charge for this podcast Molly and I have been doing podcasts uh, literally almost for close to a decade but if we were to ever go into the realm of more serious work i've been doing long for a decade thank you very much yeah okay i'm gonna look okay, up what my so first I, podcast was you go ahead i stand corrected but yeah if there's any legit interest or for some more serious quote work to go into certain projects is that something that would interest uh, uh the listeners and maybe taking it from there june 6 uh, with, 2006 was, was wow my confirmed first podcast Almost 11 years. So, mm. Mine, I think, was spring of 2010, so I, I lied a little. So I've been doing it for uh, just over seven. He, he, he stole some of my years and, had, <laughs> and gave them to himself is what happened. <laughs> I started playing a podcast. Um, let's see what else we've got here. So we've got Mario Kart 8 numbers. The Nintendo Switch itself has sold over 2.7 million units. Uh, I've got just, I think I, got a lot of um, I, I like I have good feelings about Switch at this point. You know, like I I I think after the disaster that was the Wii U, mm-hmm. like I think thankfully like stars have aligned with this one, and I I think I think it's going to be good, which is good. Yeah, I think so too, and. Um... I don't know. It just it's just uh it's still hot. I mean, today well, I mean, they were saying Well, because the air the air like just the atmosphere is totally different than it was with the Wii U. Right. Like the Wii U was more like you got to convince me of why I would ever buy one of these systems. 
Which I think that well, their message was clearer. They had they had a more distinct. You know, I think the Wii U could have done a, at least a little bit better. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to bat for it, but it could have done at least a little bit better if it had a clearer uh, message in mind, and it had a different name. These are things we've said for a long time. The Switch came out. I mean, because I've said this, the Switch essentially is a perfected Wii U. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's, Wii U it's on a steroids and perfected. Yes. It has a new name, better marketing. And a very clear message to the consumer. So in that, with this fresh start, they're able to repackage certain things that have already been released and re-release it. And it does have some fresh and a little bit more gas in the tank, so to speak. And so far, it's it's been a success. Here, now, here's a question for you. And this I know this could be two totally different business plans, but we're still talking the world of video games and gaming systems. Do you think due to this current success of the Switch in a weird way, this may eat into whatever potential sales that the Scorpio is looking for this holiday? I think I think Scorpio is going to be an interesting position because, I mean, I think Scorpio has to do... Like, I think Scorpio has to do a lot more than Switch has to do, right? Of course. You know, and it has to... It has to come out and be like, okay, because you can't, you, you, you still can't, I mean, it's not the same, but I remember like the kind of 3D gaming push, you know, where that was like, this is going to be the new way you play games, mm-hmm. but almost nobody had a 3D TV, so the market for that was small, and then the people that you were, um, you know, the people you're going to make... 3D games for was so small that it didn't make a lot of sense to put too many much of your resources into that. And then next was like, okay, VR is a big thing, but that really hasn't caught on, and there aren't that many VR helmets out there. And so, like, why are going companies going to put all that effort into making a game for VR that's not an easy thing to do when they could just make a regular game and have more people potentially buy it? Right. So I think. 4K might be the same thing at this point because I don't think enough people have 4K TVs that that a majority of your consumers are going to be going into it for the 4K. If because I think you're in the same boat as I, we we don't have 4K TVs, right? Right. If Scorpio shows some stuff that just makes you crap your pants and you're like, what? You're like, oh my god. I thought we were at this technological wall visually and they just proved me wrong. Like, I can't believe what I'm looking at. I can't go back to PlayStation 4 or whatever. Would that be enough to make you bite the bullet this holiday on a 4K TV or they need to get something more substantial substance-wise, gaming-wise, than just the visuals? They, I mean, they, I think... Because I, just like, I worry that if if Scorpio can honestly do true 4k because i mean like ps4 pro can't do true 4k so if scorpio could do true 4k that's gonna be the only platform out there that does 4k so what is the effort going to be for making games that really truly use that hardware because not not to cut you off and lose your train of thought i mean 
one, are we really going to see anything right now that looks better than what we saw in the trailer for Last of Us 2? And or is that the type of stuff we've got to be expecting this June from X, from Scorpio to, to get us to really seriously look? I, cause I, feel, like, I feel like you're going to have to impress the people who have a 1080p TV or even 720p TV at this point, right? But I guess my, my worry has always been, like, if you, if you looked at every generation, mm-hmm. it typically ends up being that there's one platform that companies focus on. Absolutely. The lo- L- yeah. And then they a little bit poured up or a little bit poured down for other, other platforms, right? Like, like right now, everyone's making their games for PS4. Mm-hmm. And then they figure out how to put it on the Xbox One. And then inevitably, right. you know, you have um, like frame rate issues or resolution issues or whatever. Uh, but in the PS2 days, everybody was making for PS2. And then when the game came to GameCube or Xbox, maybe it looked a little bit better. But they weren't going to put right. that much more effort into it. Like, I think in order to really make use of Scorpio, you have to have everybody have Scorpio be their main platform to develop for. Right. And there's no way most people are going to do that because the the PS4 has so many more millions of customers out there. So I think we might see really amazing Microsoft games. But the question is everything else. Like how easy is it going to be for game companies it's- to, go the, to go the PC route where – they really can juggle like those different levels of quality because you're not gonna like if Scorpio is as powerful as Microsoft wants us to think it is, that's a new generation kind of, you know they they kind of make us want they're wanting us to think at least for now that it's a new new generation. So, are you really gonna have companies that are gonna put full effort into making oh, PS4 PS4 level games no and Scorpio level no. games? Hmm. Like I'm worried that Scorpio is gonna get scraps. Because not me, you know, because we it's coming down to Halo again, isn't it? Well, I mean, we've even seen like PS4 Pro, right? Like you've seen kind of half-ass support for that to a certain yeah. level, and that's yeah. that's the platform that has way more, mm-hmm. way bigger of a user base. Like you're, you're taking the smaller user base and then splintering them even more, and it's like how much effort's really going to be put in. Let me ask you this. You know, I haven't even gotten past the point of just thinking about what it's going to show and if anyone is ready. Do you think this thing is coming out in a $500 ballpark or more? Or I mean... I, I think... I mean, fi- let's see. Do you think they can get it out at four? I don't think... I feel like five. And the problem with five is... Five's a nasty console number. Well, and, and there's, there's talk right now about... Um, there being an, an actually a new PS4 Slim that's being I I put together. I thought I saw that rumor too. Yep. And, I mean, we're assuredly going to see, like, Black Friday deals this year at, like, 199 for the PS4. You think so? I, I don't think the PS4 is going to be standard 199 anywhere, like, not yet at all. But okay. I think you can see 199 consoles. You know, and if you have, like, what is the PS4 Pro right now? Is it... Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. So yeah. let, let's say just by chance, like I don't know if it's possible, but do, if they do like one ninety nine, two ninety nine in terms of um, wow, of like a, like a holiday, like Black Friday kind of stuff, right? Right, right. And you've got like a four ninety nine console going up against that, like that's really rough. Yeah, no way. And like I said, I just, I just, I don't know that there's that many like four K owners yet out there. 
It feels to me almost a little bit, and this isn't the same thing, but it feels to me like when the PS3 first came out, like Sony designed the PS3 not for the consumers they had, but for the consumers they wanted to have mm-hmm. in the future. And it kind of came out being too expensive and, and offering too much in a weird way. And, you know, so I, I wonder if, like, the consumer that Microsoft's going after with the Scorpio, like, are they even there yet? I would say, speaking for myself, I know one person in my personal life that owns a 4K TV. And then I know one person from afar, friend slash fan, that has a 4K TV. That's off the top of my head. I I can come up with two people I, quote, know that have 4K TVs out of everybody that I know. And, and you know, and the question, too, is... is um, how much does Scorpio expand the, the Xbox market? Because if, if if Scorpio's market is just Xbox people replacing their Xbox with that, like that's not getting you anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Microsoft doesn't want to tread water; they want to gain market share. Right. I don't know. This is the right way to do it. Speaking of. Uh numbers here not to be abrupt we're at about an hour and 15 minutes here and on gvgp 27 uh since we're on the topic of numbers uh you see resident evil 7 shipped three and a half million units capcom's goal was four million so they fell half million shy of that projected goal so even though resident evil 7 has not done poorly it has still technically underperformed uh speaking of capcom Street Fighter V, as we know, has a Season 2 pass, but then I also know they got even cuter recently, that there's also now a Pro Tour pass. Furthermore, I was reading, uh, I don't want to steal information, I I saw it somewhere, I don't know if it was um, Shoryuken or elsewhere, but anyway, the thought stuck with me, and that even though Street Fighter V's release was a disaster, what has saved it was eSports. And I dare say that's probably why they're nickeling and diming a lot of stuff with these upgrades because the esports market has saved it and it has had longevity there. And I think Capcom says they plan to support Street Fighter V through 2020. Nonetheless, though, for the mainstream gamers, I mean, Molly, I know, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, and you know I love you know I love Street I Fighter. Hate I hate this think- argument because I don't know, like I'm I'm so done with the the gaming's arcade mode people. Like I'm just done with those people. I'm sorry. I just what, I don't care. What do you mean? What? Whoa, whoa. I, Wait. So which side of the fence are you on? So hold on. So here's my problem. I bought. So I got Street Fighter Five at launch. Yep. I bought the first season pass. It was like twenty bucks. Yep. Right. Twenty. No more than twenty five. I think it was twenty. The season two pass is twenty nine ninety nine. And that's not including the now recently. I don't even know what the price is of the Pro Tour pass. Now, th- to be fair, though, to be fair, the Pro Tour pass. How can you justify that this? money is going to <laughs> the pots for the Pro Tour? So they, I mean, they specifically say this. They're like, look, if if you're buying the Pro Tour content, it's because you want to support the the tournaments and the the winnings for tournaments. Like they they flat out say that. I will have spent all, and I'm not saying I'm never going to get season pass. Two. I want to get season two pass, but that's like by the time I'm done after the limited edition launch bundle I got. This is not hyperbole. By the time Street Fighter Five is done in a couple years, we will have spent almost no joke the price of a launch Neo Geo card. I will. I will give you a life hack here, Anthony, and it is a very secret life hack. Uh, not many people have ever said it, but I, w- I will reveal it to you right now. 
you can not buy the extra content. You could just not buy it. (laughs) And your life, your life will go on just as it has. But you've got to meet me halfway on this. Like you know, I'm a huge. I think Capcom I think I think fan. thirty bucks. For, is... I think thirty bucks for season two is especially bad because season two is basically Akuma and then what five? Colleen. Five other characters that nobody knows yeah. who are. Yep. Um, I saw a rumored leak. I think it might even have like, like Abigail from Final Fight. This is all rumor, but yeah, I saw some of the leaks. So, so yeah, I mean, like I I think it's kind of. Yeah, you know, but the real murderous thing, though, is like they're not dead or alive. Five territory. I was gonna say, do you do you want to do you want to become dead or alive fan? But then they're all the outfits are like you do get some of them, but then it's like four bucks a pop, and then backgrounds are extra money on some of it. God damn! And then Capcom comes out and complains like they don't understand like why the game hasn't reached like sales goals or well it's because you're cutting the game into nine parts i mean goddamn you know i complain about arc like what they like guilty gear and blaze blue getting 100 entries but I, you know you know what at least each disc you know you know you know it's so funny i saw in the comments and i couldn't believe i couldn't believe i agreed with this because if you said this 2 years ago it said you are a whack job Someone said it's about time Capcom releases like Super Street Fighter Five on a separate disc with everything. And you know what? I mean, I'll be goddamned. They were right. And here's the thing: I don't have a problem with that. Like the, the only problem I ever had was if you had to buy a new disc to keep playing the game going forward. Right. Like, right. like I've like you know put out Street Fighter Five Season One. I have no problem with that. That's what they probably should do. Well, and then. Jumping from that, I had to get that off. And I actually have been watching a lot more Street Fighter Five recently. Um, uh, what is it? PG. Been watching the uh, the newcomer PG Punk and all his successes playing Karin. Just took first place again this past. Weekend. Oh yeah. But what? Yeah. Oh, hmm. crazy. Um, uh, he's known for his quote teabagging antics, uh, beating uh, many top players. Uh, I was watched the one I watched pretty much in its entirety with a NorCal, I think regionals. But then this past weekend was something else. I met, oh, actually it was at, uh, I think it was DreamHack. But he came in first again, so he's going to be a tough, uh, tough competition come Evo, which is like something around seventy days away. Uh, speaking of fighting games and Capcom, I've seen the stuff on Marvel versus Capcom Infinite coming out. I think September nineteenth. I don't have the cheat sheet in front of me. Um, it looks, you know, the speed and gameplay looks Marvel Capcom. I think, and I, you know, I'd forgotten this. I think it's only two on two this time. It's not three on three. I had to, I'd forgotten that. And then, have you seen it, Molly? Which, which one again? Uh, the new Marvel Marvel Capcom. Capcom? Yeah. Um, what are your feelings on the art direction? I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's terrible. Uh, it's I don't know. Like I just I'm not disagreeing. I I don't know if it looks so. It looks. You know what's so funny is like somebody had 
Um, Doesn't it seem like they're trying to be really? There was there were screenshots of some crazy like Marvel like mobile game. Oh. And and like the character the character models look like almost the exact same as those like just crappy little mobile game models. So they look really boring. Like I mean you know I don't know that like like Marvel First Capcom Three's art style completely worked for me, but at least they were trying to have it be that kind of comic book look. Yeah, I got to. I'll give kudos to MVC three. I, I really like the look on that. Even though I'm always a two D stalwart, okay. I'm always crying for the days of two D sprite work. MVC three, I thought they really nailed. Um, and then I even watched. I don't know if you're familiar with the popular YouTuber in the fighting game community, Maximilian Dude. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching him recently, and he showed some leaked footage a couple minutes of uh, right. Marvel Capcom. And, I'm, you know, I'm kind of with you. I, I was not crazy about the art direction, but you know what? I got to really bash, too, and it doesn't affect the gameplay. The backgrounds were really lackluster. To be, to be, to be fair, though, um, if you go back and look like Street Fighter V, like what it looked like yeah. when they first showed it <sighs> and what it looked like later were different. Mm. So I think, I think fighting games especially, you know – and we know this from like King of Fighters 14 as well, you know, like as the <laughs> game goes along and they're putting it more together, like they're getting the, the gameplay down first, the characters and everything like that's That's the main thing. And then adding like filters later on is, is not hard. So I think we might not just be seeing the final art form or they might, you know, take the feedback to heart and change the look of the game or whatever. Is this the part of the show where I can still give the crown to Guilty Gear Xard? Oh yeah, and I mean, do, do there, I have there's per, nothing that do I have per- that. <laughs> that that game that game just is amazing still. And- Using the word amazing, and I haven't I've seen high res online, but I haven't played it in person. I got to tell you something. I know I know you're not a fan of this series, but I have to ask you, Molly. Have you seen the character models in Tekken Seven? They're pretty good. Yeah, they look unbelievable. Yeah, they are good. They look unbelievable. So I'm interested to see that in person. So, by the way, uh, uh, current Dead or Alive 5 tally as of, oh as of, as of oh um, when was this? I don't even... Feb- February 16th. So maybe it's changed oh since my... then. Uh, but that current price was $1,117.34. <laughs> Is that someone keeping track of... Uh... That was someone who who literally went in and added everything that you can add in the Steam store. I, I know there's more since then because I saw more crossover costumes on like a Facebook post recently. So I know that number's higher. Yeah, so. I know that numbers. So that was at what just north of eleven hundred bucks at that time. Yeah, but eleven this, eleven eleven seventy seven thirty four. Yeah, that game is now twelve thirteen hundred all the territory. We're, we're now, uh, yeah. We are now like in blazing star. But I think somebody ABS pointed point. out, and I, I, I think it's a little bit different situation because <laughs> there's, there's complexity to it. Mm-hmm. But I think somebody was comparing that to uh, Train Simulator, and <laughs> like I think Train Simulator was. I don't know if that's uh, I don't know what that means, but yeah, like like four thousand dollars or something like that. Oh for, my for the God. entire game. What system is that on? On PC. Whew. Here it is. Yeah. Uh, Train Simulator. Where'd it go? Um, it says it's like $6,000 for the entire 
train oh simulator content. But that's because I think you're I think you're actually rendering like cities and and you know like real life Jesus. areas and stuff like that. But so you know you know uh, Anthony, if you want to keep complaining, things can get worse. But yeah, but you know, but honestly, I just can't believe I, I'm so heartbroken as to how they handled SF5. I'm not like throwing in the towel because I do love watching it. I was watch. I mean, I watched hours and hours of top tier play a couple weeks ago so i'm not like once again i'm not dogging the game i just cannot stand how they to be handled fair, uh, not to be fair though and i know this doesn't count for outfits but you can get characters for free if you play enough that okay that's true so yeah. there there yeah. there is a system in place to let you yeah you know if you're like a character that you really really badly want and you don't care about other ones you know just right casually playing on a regular basis you'll get enough to get characters and stuff right but I think I mean like um, I think it's just gaming overall has gotten to a point yeah, that it's just uh, you know beyond that uh, another game I know you're saving your uh, coveted perfect ten score for is awaiting the limited run games release of Night Trap twenty fifth yeah, anniversary. That is crazy. What do you think about that? It's it's. Ugh. And I know, like, you and I had a brief discussion about this, yeah. you know, before the podcast. But, um, like, I kind of kind of want that physical release. But I don't want it. But I do just – it's 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 one of those kind of games I think that you buy just for the – for just the, the, the principle of the matter, you know? The kind of just Same here. having yeah. it. Versus, oh, yeah, I really don't want to go back to Night Trap at this point. But I think having such a weird – weird release like that's that is almost the same thing for me and i mean not not game quality wise but like i was so tempted to buy the recent physical limited run games version of darius on ps4 oh darius burst chronicles just because of of how like kind of limited and special of a release that was you want me to make you feel better sure uh, you almost scared me when you said Darius. I was almost opening up my browser. I said, "Oh my god, I didn't know they were releasing it." Did you see the quote physical release Japan got a couple months ago for the original, like the original original Darius box set with like the six or eight music CDs of all the soundtracks from all the Darius? Yes, games? I don't remember the price, but I do remember it. Yes. Yeah, I was very, t- I was very, very tempted. I was very tempted. I think there were places selling it in the ballpark before shipping of somewhere around 180 bucks. I wonder, like, what it's... Let's see, Darius. Let's see. Yeah, just go to eBay. Because, um, yeah, I mean, like, like, I mean, I'm not saying... Like I said, it's not... But it's just, like, those two games, I just... <clears throat> Night Trap right. more. I think Night Trap more is the, the kind of uh, just... What's the word I'm... Like, it's kind of just a Could- neat, neat collectible. Yeah, what is it like? A, what would the proper term be like? An American kusoge? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Also coinciding with having grown grown up during that era with all the hoopla that surrounded it, alongside Mortal Kombat in nineteen ninety two. I mean that game. That game was pretty much the game responsible for us getting a rating system. So. Yeah. Yep. I my intention, you know, I figure it's going to be no more than twenty five or thirty bucks. Is my impression. Uh, I want to get a copy, but I'm. I personally, I got to get it with the uh, Sega CD art. Yeah, I like it. Because there's going to be yeah. 
Yeah, there's going to be three box types. Uh, two of them have the spines reminiscent of Sega CD or 32X. By the way, I completely forgot and didn't realize they did a 32X version. Yes. Uh, and then they also released their third mystery box, which was the original Sega CD art. That's the one I want to try and snag. So now, is it random? I don't think so. Okay. God, I hope not. I don't believe. Well, I so. know Please they, they have done that before. Ideas. They've done with. Oh, don't say that. Uh, one of the Oddworld games. There was like three covers, and it that. was random how you got it. Say that. Hmm. I hope not. Uh, speaking of physical games. While there is hope that we will get a Wonder Boy Dragon's Trap physical here, that's possible. Uh, for those that don't know, PlayAsia, that's play-asia.com, has a pre-order up for the multi-language version of Wonder Boy the, Dragon, the Dragon's Trap, excuse me, for 26 bucks US, coming out in July. So worst comes to worst, I believe there will be a way to get that physically. That's very tempting, by the way. You know, what, you know what's funny that, is... Um, Puyo Puyo Tetris. Yes. The PS4 version over here is only physical. You can't get digital. Oh, really? That's what I heard. And, like, I mean, I should have actually confirmed this before saying that. But supposedly there might be, like, a rights issue with one of the other Tetris games that are up. Let's see. Puyo Puyo. Um, Yeah, it's not in the, the PlayStation Store. So if you want that for PS4, like, the Switch version is fine. It's in the the eShop and then physical both but if you want you know on PS4 it's only physical which is wow. very strange in this day and age hmm. well before we uh, start to wind down I've got maybe two things left primarily for GVGP 27 uh, before I get into those two uh, topics do we have any new mail for this episode or for next episode we do Oh, we do. Okay. Well, let me let me see if I can blaze through this. Well, no, you know what? We'll uh, read it next episode. How about that? You want to do that? Okay. Yeah. Is it a fun one? Uh, I haven't even looked at it yet, so right. we, we will save it for next time. Uh, the other big announcement uh, from recent uh, recent days. Want to get your take on this? The Nintendo 2DS XL was announced on Thursday evening, April twenty seventh. The official release of this unit will be July 28th in the U.S. at $149.99. And then to quote a couple key points from the current Nintendo president, Tatsumi Kimishima, he says, The price point and characteristics differ from the Nintendo Switch, so they will not compete. And he also goes on to say, The businesses will be separate and run in parallel. So by the way, uh, I was watching Jim Sterling his video today and he pointed out that um, Nintendo can't make more NES classic editions oh yes yes that was but the they can make yet yeah. another DS revision by the way I don't like I, I, I don't so my I, I guess and I don't know if this is a thing if they could have done it but on Black Friday we got $99 3DS regular size right Yes, and I was so I am so embarrassed, Molly. I almost I'd forgotten that I got one. Is that nasty? Oh, did you and disgusting? Did you really? I was I am so disgusted at myself. Yeah, because I put it away in a spot because I haven't opened it. Yeah, because I know you got the white one, and then I got the black one, and I almost forgot that I even owned the damn thing. But you're exactly right because after the 2D thing was announced, I was like, "Wow, 150 is a pretty good deal, right?" And then I said to myself, "Wait a minute, 
I got that standard XL, which you can do the cover plates on, for a hundred bucks. And as far as I know, Nintendo typically like does not sell things at a loss. Yeah. So I do. I you can't you can't convince me that that price was a big loss for them. I mean, it might have been not, not much profit, but it can't have been a big yeah. loss. So I just like I don't know if you can do that. Why not do that instead of making a whole new product category that has less functionality? I, you know, I'm with you on that because I'd almost forgotten. I, you know, if they just put those things back out at 100 bucks plus, they could milk the plates. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you could milk the plates at 20 bucks a pop. I don't, I don't understand how Nintendo didn't want to do that in America. And I will say this. I thought the 2DS XL looked pretty cool because I was thinking of the kids thing. I thought it looks way better than that slab of junk. Yes. But back to what you're saying, $100 3DS with the face plates. That's it right there, and it looks it's it's uh, you know a nicer product. Yeah, I just I don't know, like I don't like I said, if it was a this is the way to get it cheaper, that'd be one thing. But like right. again, like unless you're going to tell me that they were selling the 3ds, the new new 3ds for a big loss at ninety nine, like why don't you just do that and not have another product out there? I don't know. Like it looks, it looks kind of neat, and the screen seems to be like noticeably bigger, which might be cool, might not be cool. I don't know. Right. The problem is like uh, the the, the 3ds screen is just so low res at this point that, like, that's why one of the reasons I don't like the XLs is just because even bumping the screen up to that size, it just it's so pixely. I think my thing, and I don't know if I said this before, you know, I really don't have an issue with that personally. And I think a lot of that stems from playing a lot of classic games on there as well. So I think that's a little bit of my forgiveness on it. But, you know, I also, I understand where you're coming from on that as well. But I think I've gotten used to it. And personally, I don't I don't mind the uh, XLs, but yeah. And I, I like the 3D. I honestly do. Like, I, I actually do use it sometimes, so... Now, I was actually going to get into this uh, wonderful Samurai Showdown article. What I might do is I might save this because I was looking to see how wordy it is. It may be a good read for next episode. Right now, we're just past the 90-minute mark. Uh, Just to kind of tease a little bit, this is uh, The Making of Samurai Showdown, a rare interview with three former team members. This was done done by James Mielke. I didn't realize that. I believe he used to work at uh, EGM, correct? Yeah, so I didn't realize that. This was done on April 10th, but uh, I will save this read. Uh, for next episode looks pretty good uh, outside of that wrapping up the nes classic talk i'm sure you've seen the much rumored snes classic coming year end and lastly as we wrap up gvgp 27 i wanted to get your take on a beautiful little piece you got recently do you have any thoughts to share on the silent hill vinyl record set you got yeah, I haven't even opened it. Um, I've got it sitting here. Like, that was one of the big ones that... Like, I I don't do too much Final Collection. I do have, I do, I do have a player. Um, it, needs, it needs to be fixed because like it's an older player, and so it's got a special kind of needle cartridge that isn't, isn't common. Um, but that's one of the the game soundtracks i really really wanted to have and to be able to play like on a record because it just it seems like such that kind of soundtrack you know right it should be kind of coming out of a a softer yet a little bit scratchy kind of record player vibe when you're playing it so yeah i was really excited to see that 
that was one of the ones that I was really, really hyped for. The other one I bought a while back was The Last of Us, which oh. I, li- I literally haven't even taken out of the box. Wow. And I think it's that's now like $220 with what it's going for. Wow. So it's more like that could get me pretty close to a Switch. So that might be wow. what I consider. Because, I mean, like I love that soundtrack, but it's just at, at that price, it's like I'd probably rather have a Switch than this vinyl right. soundtrack I'll listen to make once or twice. But Silent Hill one I had to definitely had to have. Oh, nice! And hopefully, hopefully, you, hopefully, get Silent Hill two now. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's going to be a, a given. Did you see? And I, you know, I'm on all these email lists now. Unfortunately, it's like a drug addiction. But yeah. and I did not, I did not go in on this Molly, and it was tempting. And I honestly, I, I couldn't do it because, like you, I got the Silent Hill set recently, and I'm just as guilty. I didn't open it yet. And I even bought, and I guess they might have sold out for twenty bucks. I got in the uh, on the original Darius yeah. vinyl. Yeah. Now look, between you and me, I'm, I know we're on the air here, but if I see anything like that for Darius or anything in the future, do you want me to give you a heads up? No, like I mean, like I'm not such a hardcore <laughs> on the soundtrack but if, uh, for that. If it's Silent Hill, Silent Hill though would be an exception. Like Silent Hill is my thing. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think what of what would be an exce- What are your exceptions? Silent Hill, anything else? That's what I was trying to think of. Like, what other what other soundtracks? Did you see the one that went up Friday? And I only got like three hours notice, and I didn't do it. But did you see the Persona Five set that went up? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Boy, they really the standard box set four vinyls was a hundred bucks, and then there was the one I think it was six. The box set it was around one seventy five. I just like I hate this. I hate this world. Like I remember when it was like figures, right? Like figures were yep. the thing. Figures were the dangerous yep. thing to get into. And by the way. Speaking of that, like I did pre-order both the Figmas for Cat and Raven from Gravity Rush to wow. uh, those Figmas. So I've got those on order. But Figmas, I mean, figures used to be the thing. But now they're getting us with like vinyl soundtracks mm-hmm. and limited print runs mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, oh, my God. Right. It's just, it's too much. It's nasty. It's too much. Yeah, the vinyl thing has been killer because they've been doing stuff left and right. And it was, you know, if here's the thing. If I had a couple months notice on the Persona thing or more time to think about it. But you know what I told myself in the future maybe, and it would be a lot cheaper. I, you know, I could see maybe doing a CD set. Yeah. You know, if they do a CD set. but uh, That's why, like, I mean, it's like, like Silent Hill is the kind of soundtrack that it, it sounds at home on a record player. Right. You know, but I think most soundtracks, like, really, like, like Near Automata, right? I got the soundtrack. Like, all I needed is digital on my computer and then put on my iPhone. Right. You know, like, I don't right. need it in any other way. Like, that's the way I right. need to have it. It's just those kind of rare ones for me that are kind of cool to have on vinyl. Yeah. Well, it is that time where we now close out the latest generic video game podcast. Don't forget to check us out at radio.morningproject.com. Find myself on Twitter at 24BitAJE. That's with the number two, the number four. Find my one and only co-host on Twitter at MollyPen, M-O-L-L-I-P-E-N. Find the main site, the main show's feed at Morn Radio, M-O-R-N-R-A-D-I-O. And once again, don't forget to hit subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rating. We appreciate it. Feedback. Or send us an email at... Oh, you're asking What's me. That? That's 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 yeah, my that one. I, that's my cue. I, I, I never have that in front of yes, me. Yes, uh, gvgp at morningradio.com. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Totally ignore that. Let's try that again. <laughs> it should be 
gvgp at morningproject.com. So that's gvgp at morningproject.com. And aside from feedback, let us know if you have any interest in specialized Patreon-type stuff, subscription-type stuff. Do you want to see the era of maybe a specialized digital zine come back with truly exclusive interviews? Does anyone feel it would be worth uh, a couple bucks to chip in the pot, so to speak, to get those wheels going? Let us know. As always, the podcast will always be free, and we appreciate our listeners. And thank you once again for listening, and until next time, game on.